Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. It's important to understand this. Listen up, everybody. Everybody travels a different path to success. They have to understand that. That's because your brand is different. And actually, people you meet in life will be different. So the challenges you're facing in your life will be different, too. So you need to stop reading other people's success stories and really start writing your own. Start planning your future. Stop trying to be something that you're not. If you can't sing, stop trying to sing. If you can't rap, stop trying to rap. If you can't score a touchdown, stop trying to score a touchdown. That is not your lane. That is not your opportunity. But you can't be motivated by their success because their stories can offer you direction and help you reach your goals. Understand the word your goals. Reach your planning and through your committed effort. My next guest is Sharon Smith Akinsanya. She's the CEO of Ray McKenzie Group, an award-winning diversity, equity, and inclusive marketing firm. Sharon works with Fortune 500 companies, nonprofits, and in October 2016, founded the People of Color Career Fair as a way of closing the gap between between professionals of color and hiring managers. Sharon is all about diversity, equity, and inclusion with marketing strategies that affect and attract, recruit, retain talent of color. Listen to me, talent of color. That's what this interview is about. Her new book, Colorful, Competitive Strategies to Attract and Retain Top Talent of Color, releases on February 9th of 2021. But he here to do a pre-sale request. I'm here to promote the book ahead of time because you can buy the book. Put it on reserve. Be the first to get it. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Sharon Smith Akinsanya. Thank you so much, Rashawn. Thank you for that awesome introduction. I'm really happy to be here with you today. Well, first of all, you're a talker. You're a good talker. I have some good questions. A little background on me. My degree is in mathematics. My minor is in sociology, uh, even though I have a strong entertainment background. But in college, two and a half years, I worked undergrad at IBM. I was in the uh, administrative executive, and then I worked two and a half years professionally at IBM. And uh, when I got there, and I eventually left in 86 to pursue a career as a stand-up comedian, I thought I'd be the next Eddie Murphy. Uh-oh. And guess what? I've, I've, I've been successful. I'm not the next Eddie Murphy, but I'm the first Rashawn McDonald. That's why I should have realized from the very beginning that it's really when you start talking about talent and, and recruiting that talent, it's about being yourself and understanding your value. Isn't that correct, Sharon? Absolutely. We have to know our value. We have to understand, you know, where we fit in and we have to always be willing uh, to bring our authentic self to whatever it is that we're doing and we're trying to pursue because you cannot be your best self. You cannot be productive at home. You cannot be productive at work unless you keep it real. And you always keep it real because you're in a world where really um, you're talking to white people. Absolutely. I'm talking to white people every day. Uh, giving them a safe space to have this real conversation about making sure that they uh, do a better job at making room so that we can have a seat at the table. See, we need to be at all levels of the organization, from boardroom to the C-suite to middle management, all the way through uh, to make sure that we're impacting change, not just because of us, right? This is just good business. Right. You know, when you think about the the population shift, the demographic shift, you know, people will tell us what by 2040, 2042, we will be a majority minority nation. Right. There will be more black and brown people in this nation. And then when you add on top of that, Rashawn, mm-hmm. the buying power, consumerism, corporations must be reflective of the customers they serve. 
And were you talking about $1.5, $1.7 trillion in buying power just with the African-American consumer? Another $1.5 or so with the Latino community. It, you, you cannot afford not to make sure that your workforce is reflective of the consumers you serve because we're getting smarter and we're becoming more uh, using our activist gene and we're asking more questions as we think about where we want to land for our next big career. You know, it's really interesting because, um, my, like I say, my minor is in sociology. So I'm always looking from a black perspective and I have to look at life. So when you talk about that minority number being the majority, that's a, that's a, that's a majority, this current majority, fear that. And so when you come in talking about trying to be inclusive and trying to be a more diverse a color pattern that fits the general population, there's also an older generation that sees that, that shrinking number and we've seen it during this last presidential administration, and it's going to carry on uh, uh, the next four years or six years. And we've seen how I read an article. There's a church out there. It's white-only people church. I only want white people to come to their church. So when you see this, this upheaval of negative spirit that don't want to include, that don't want to share the opportunities at the table, how do you deal with that? How do you see that as a visionary? Yeah, I think that, you know, I really feel bad. I really feel awful uh, that people are such a disadvantage, especially some white people Mm -hmm. who haven't had the opportunity to learn how fulfilling their life would be by not having people in their lives that don't look like them. Right. It is so sad. You know, and it's something that I teach young people as well. And I, when I speak in schools, I said, you really have to understand how fulfilling and how important it is to make sure that you switch things up, you know, really make sure that you are being intentional about building strong relationships with people who don't look like you. It changes things. And so when I see what happened in the election, when I see what happens in the White House, it's just very sad because they're just cheating themselves out of a fulfilling opportunity. Uh, to just make their lives better because it's so important. You know, Brian Stevenson teaches us about proximity. I don't know right. if you've read the book, Just Mercy, Absolutely. but he teaches us about proximity. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to do that. This is how we create empathy when mm-hmm. you are getting closer to people who don't look like us. And, they're, and, they're, and it's a shame to have fear. Who wants to live like that in fear of another human being? Yes. That's, that's just nuts. So what we have to do as black people and people of color is just to keep moving forward, keep being who we are, keep being authentic and keep teaching, educating and using our voice to make sure that we are creating change and embrace those allies. As my mom called them, embrace those good white folks. Right, right, right. Well, that's what we saw during the uh, the, the civil unrest during the summer. The right. white people came out and supported racial change. Absolutely. Uh, uh, police they brutality was. This world. That's we, right. We they had to stop. It. You know, I would tell people. You know, some of the some of the heavy uh, rioting was done in Portland, Seattle, and I can assure you, I've been to both cities. Very few black people up there. Okay. That's right. There was some mad white people up there who Absolutely. finally were open, and then when they saw try to create conversation, they would try, they would, they would, they would try to shut them down. And that's Absolutely. when the, the face of reality kind of came back. Oh, wow. You mean, I, we can't just talk about this. And this is what black people have to deal with. I'm white. And you treat me like this, treat Absolutely. me like I am a, a terrorist, treat me like I am. A, 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 we're supposed to have a first right amendment of freedom of speech. And you're telling, you're denying me that. And so when I look at what you're doing, and uh, I, I just want to point something out first. From an advertising standpoint, when I look at commercials, I see diversity 
incredible amounts of diversity. I see black and white couples laying in bed. I see them driving cars with mixed race kids in the back seat. I see them jumping on each other when they come into the airport. So from an advertising standpoint, I think diversity is working. They, they, They have understood that we need to show how America looks and should interact. Now we're talking about employment. We're talking about leadership. We're talking about upper management. We're talking about that's a lot different than a 60 second or a 30 second or 15 second B-roll on YouTube. A lot harder journey. It is a harder journey, but I don't understand why. Because when you understand good business, that same CEO Mm -hmm. who made sure that that, who hired that ad agency, Mm -hmm. who created that the, adver- the, the advertisement that you speak about mm-hmm. is that same CEO who mm-hmm. needs to make sure that his organization reflects the consumers that they're serving. So that CEO, that CHRO needs to just decide that we're going to reflect that. You've seen the articles, the recent articles, um, you know, about Coca-Cola. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And they're you know, and they they started years ago. They used to be leading in this space absolutely when we're talking about ceos <laughs> at the highest levels of the organization mm-hmm. and they just took a temperature check they they, they went backwards they're going backwards yes. mm-hmm. and even as they have gone backwards and this was as a result of a multi-million dollar lawsuit that happened right mm-hmm. and so they're going backwards but even as they are they're still ahead of the game right right <laughs> they, right they're right. still ahead of the game losing ground right so when ceos just have to decide what type of organization do I want to be? What do I want to represent? Mm -hmm. What do I want my legacy to be when I think about how Mm -hmm. all of this got started Mm -hmm. in 1619 when the first slaves, you know, rode up on the shores of Virginia, you know, uh, 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 in in chains? Right. What do I want my legacy Mm -hmm. to be? And I believe that CEOs, board members just have to decide that this has got to stop. And just like when this started in Minneapolis, after George Floyd was mm-hmm. murdered, mm-hmm. eight minutes and 46 seconds that awakened all of us, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the world saw all races, as you mentioned earlier, it wasn't just because there's not that many black folk in Minnesota either. Right. <laughs> it's true. And so everybody <laughs> came together and said, you know what, this is enough is enough. Enough is enough. It is not OK that Sharon Smith Akinsanya has to have a talk with her 24 year old, you know, about, you know, every single time she leaves my presence. She lives in Boston now, but ever since she was a baby, you know, we have to have that talk. You really are black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> here's, right. here's what you have to be aware of. Yes. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, when I talk to my white friends about that, they're just appalled that I right. have to do that. Not only with her, but my nieces, my nephews, mm-hmm. you know, just anybody. Just remember, we have to be careful. Mm-hmm. And so it awakened all of us and we have to keep the pedal to the metal. Right. You know, I wrote about it in my article in BET right. uh, recently, and I talked about how it's very nice that we have Rashida Jones, who now is the head of MSNBC News, you know, the first black female head of cable news, a cable mm-hmm. news network. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got Kamala Harris, right? First black vice president. Mm-hmm. We've got an all female communication staff in mm-hmm. the Biden Harris cabinet with three of those members being black all with natural hair, by the way. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing so much progress, right? Mm -hmm. And it's in a short period of time. But I also wrote about, I see some flashing yellow lights. Right. (laughs) Come on, Sharon. Come on, Sharon. Warning, warning. We have been here before. Before. Mm -hmm. So what do we need to do to make sure that we don't 
backslide, as they say in church. Right. We need to make sure that we are giving those CEOs, hey, this is awesome that you did this. Who's next? Because we own social media. Use it. Right. We mm-hmm. own it. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're letting those CEOs know. We're watching. We see you. Thank you right. so much for that. Who's mm-hmm. next? Right. And we also need to make sure that we are congratulating those leaders and right. saying we're looking forward to the change that you're going to make. Mm-hmm. You know, who you're bringing up behind you. Right. You know, so there's lots of things that are happening. But I see warning signs. Right. You know, you remember this book? What was it? Uh, Cracking the Corporate Code. You remember that? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we, did, we did this a long time ago. Like I said, you know, because I, I, I worked at IBM. So I yeah. know that, uh, you know, they, 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 they I always tell people about, you know, a story I would say that when I was at IBM, I said decisions are made. You have to you have to get in the eye line of people right. when they make decisions. And that's what black people really need to understand before we throw the word racism out there, uh, right. not be included. And I would tell people, decisions are made in front of you, left and right. If you stand up behind that decision maker, you won't get chosen. You won't get chosen. So that means that you have to have to work your way through proper training, proper relationships, a clear understanding that you want to be successful. Because I mean, when I came on board IBM full time, uh, you know, I sat down with my supervisor. He asked me what I wanted to do at IBM. And I told him I'd get back with him. Meantime, with two of the white guys, obviously, they told him exactly what they wanted to do. And they were moving in front of me. Well, mm-hmm. you know, four months later, I came in there, you know, crying wolf. Hey, uh, what's going on here? Why is uh, Bill and Ted? Flying past me. And he said, he, white guy sat down. He said, Rashawn, you didn't ever get back to me about your goals at IBM. So I'm not, I'm not saying that's holding all black people back, but know there are certain things that you have to be positioned and ready to tell people you want to be great. If you, if your goal is to be this, to run this company, be a vice president, or be a manager, when they ask you, you better tell them and you better tell them how you're going to do that. Cause that shows leadership. And so, and also know that raises, Promotions are tied to not because of hard work, but what people think of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You must know your value. And you know how closed mouth won't get faith. <laughs> Come on. And closed mouth won't get promoted. So, Sharon, Sharon, we, we can talk a long time. Because, see, you, you're starting to rock on me now, girl. You're starting to- <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Rashawn? You have to elbow your way in, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you got to make sure that you're saying yes to those networking opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes to those virtual coffees. Yes. Yes to those quick 15 minute, you know, catch ups. There you go. Because that's, that's how we learn those things. We must know more people. I can't tell you how many calls I get mm-hmm. after someone has, you know, been downsized because of the pandemic or for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And they say, Sharon, I really need to get to my next episode. And I say, well, who, you know, you know, who have you kept in mm-hmm. relationship with? Mm-hmm. Where, that's where we're going to start first. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I've been so busy. I haven't done the networking that I need to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had my head down. No, no. Everybody, three to five networking calls a week, 15 minutes, three to five, no agenda. Get to know people, you mm-hmm. know, and let, and be genuinely interested in what's going on with them. All right. And be able to share what's going on with you and your future goals and opportunities, especially now, because we're all in this box, in this square called Zoom. And we have time. Throw a 15-minute meeting on that. I've been mm-hmm. meaning to catch up with that CHRO at, you know, said company. I've been meaning to catch up with a friend of mine who I just, you know, lost touch, you know, from mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Catch up, y'all. We need to have access. And that is why I created the People of Color Careers Social Hiring Network mm-hmm. for Professionals of Color. Mm-hmm. Because we need to do a better job at networking with each other 
And also we need to do a better job at networking and getting access to those hiring managers and mm-hmm. decision makers, Rashawn, mm-hmm. that can help us move the needle forward faster Absolutely. on our careers. So I want to make sure everybody, if they don't do anything else, they need to create their profile at peopleofcolorcareers.com because that's where we're going to get it done. I love that. We're talking about her new book, Colorful Competitive Strategies to Attract and Retain Top Talent of Color. It releases in February, but you can pre-order this book right now. I'm talking to Sharon Smith, Akansanya. And uh, we, we're making a it, it, it's, uh, when I was reading the book, there's a couple of terms that I always hear pop out. What yeah. exactly are C-suite executives? What is that? What are those? Who are those? So C- C-suite executives are those executives that work directly for the CEO. Mm-hmm. You report directly to the CEO mm-hmm. so that you can have a seat at the table where the decision makers, the decisions are being made. Because I was going through your book, it was it was kind of like, you know, it's like a recipe book. And I, it was a certain term. I went, you know, you got to know this term because it pops up a lot. Yeah. You know, I know what it is, but people, they just walk right past. What exactly is C-suite executives? Okay, that person, you need to get coached to the top of the food chain. That's what you need Absolutely. to be working your way up to the top. Now, uh, another person so in reading, they said they, that you are proof of concept. Mm-hmm. What exactly that, that when they made that reference, I really, I said, no, I'm going to let her explain what he meant when he said you are proof of concept. We talked about my good friend, Richard Davis, who mm-hmm. is the former CEO of the nation's fifth largest bank. U.S. Bank, and he's currently the CEO of Make-A-Wish America. Mm-hmm. And I believe what Richard meant was, is that I do what I say I'm going to do. Right. And that I, 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 you know, so when you have a conversation with me, it's going to be authentic. Mm-hmm. It's going to be safe. Mm-hmm. There won't be any recrimination. Mm-hmm. We're going to be able to have an honest dialogue because I recognize mm-hmm. that as a CEO, particularly as a white male, because that was the point of view he was speaking for. He called mm-hmm. himself, you know, I'm an old white dude. You right. Know, and right. I really need some support here. So what he was saying is, is that when I tell you that I can help you do better and be better and recruit and retain top talent of color, Mm -hmm. if you listen, then I will be able to do that. Because what was important, see, Richard and I, we used to have these knockdown dragons, but they were in safe spaces. Mm -hmm. And we we had them and we moved on. Mm Well, and that's how we learn from one another because I can ask him anything, right? That, so that's what he's saying, that if you want a safe space to be able to have these conversations to help move your organization forward, then Sharon can do that. Well, I, I took it as you are the truth. You know, just like yeah. people like Jesus, she's the truth, man. You just, just, <laughs> just let her talk for five, five minutes. You understand that's the truth talking right there. <laughs> and then because, because that's what I took from a proof of concept because, yeah. okay, you know, you, it's, you go, why does this work? Sharon, please come forward and tell everybody the truth that just walked into the room because because you're constantly in mental and you have to maintain a certain tone that you don't become the angry black woman and then be too too aggressive because you're trying to bend thought process. You're trying to create acceptability and you can't be the person, you know, what you don't want, Sharon, is somebody doing it because out of fear that doesn't work. Let's talk about that whole process, because you can't protest your way. To diverse opportunities they can assign one or two to shut you down we're talking about a plan in place that you are trying to implement not saying trying but you are implementing that allows people to understand this is the right thing to do this can make your company more profitable this can make your your work staff much more uh, clear understanding what goes on in all the communities they can understand why okay this person feels a certain way when they walk out there or police stops them or or their children go to school why they have different ways of communicating this is what this is about an acceptance and the mental acceptance that this should be done this way 
there are no other way it should be done. Absolutely. That's exactly right. And those leaders who get that, Rashawn, are winning. Mm -hmm. They're going to leave their competitors in the dust, I promise you. When you truly understand the importance of building stronger, more authentic relationships inside and outside your organization with people of color, those that don't look like you, right. you will increase your profits. There's studies that mean, don't take my word for it. There's studies, right. you know, Deloitte and Tooge, mm -hmm. all of them, right? You know, the, uh, McKenzie, pick them. There's thousands of studies that tell you, mm -hmm. you will increase your profits, mm -hmm. you will increase innovation, right. and you will absolutely leave your competition in the dust and personally, you will be better for it. Right. See, my best friend is very rich and mm -hmm. very white. Right. Very white. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we have these conversations that put us in different places. See, she enhanced my life. Right. Because mm -hmm. of her network and her circle mm -hmm. and where we were able to get some things done around diversity, equity and inclusion, where she can introduce me into the, that world. Right. And then she was able to have a better understanding and be a better CHRO. Right. In her work, because mm -hmm. of what she was able to do with me in my world and right. learn. I got to tell you, I tell you a quick story. Uh, we, we went out to sit to a party uh, mm -hmm. to uh, a, a professional couple. You mm -hmm. know, they had just moved to the Twin Cities area and it was a beautiful, I mean, beautiful, beautiful home. Mm -hmm. And so it's a Saturday afternoon. I'm being casual. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, look at y'all. Y'all living like rich white people out here. <laughs> <laughs> And Jenny and Jenny looked at me. And she said, "No, nah, I can't say that right." <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, I said, "But eventually, you know, right, 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 right." right but right. those are the things, right? Those well, are the things. We know, that, you I, know. I want. I want to comment on that. You know, when sure. you said living like white people, yeah. Because see, that rich is, white people, rich, rich white people, people, which is really, really, really key. Because you know, I used to always tell stories because I'm a former sitcom writer, and I always tell you know what happens is you know. Uh, how some people would create a hit show and they can't create another hit show because when they used to, they created the first show, they were driving to work. They were right. eating in regular stores. When they made the hit show, they started helicoptering in the work. They started getting their news from CNN. And so, so basically people who are rich white people, they have to be educated because guess what? They missing steps. Absolutely. You know, they're missing steps. Food is being brought to them. They have made service. And so they're looking at people from a different perspective and the information they're getting from people from a from maybe from a non-educated level. And so when you have to surround these folks with information, they, their eyes open and go, I didn't know. That's what happened mm -hmm. with George Floyd. A lot of white people didn't know. They really they really other white people, black people just complaining and then then look look Karen. She out there just I'm gonna call them, I'm gonna call the police right now and tell them you about to attack me. When that guy caught on film, they were like right. Right. Wow. People this really were, does happen. It really does happen. And it, it just, you know what? It wasn't a, we were in the middle of a pandemic when George Floyd happened. And mm -hmm. as we still are, it wasn't a baseball game, a right. football game, mm -hmm. a soccer game, nothing right. to get in the way. Right. Everybody saw that. Everybody witnessed it. And it was an awakening. It really was an awakening. And I encourage everyone in the sound of my voice mm -hmm. to be intentional about changing your friend group. Because I want to know. You know, who do you call when you want to celebrate? Who do you call when you're sad? Right. Who's on your Christmas party list? Right. Tell me about your golfing buddies. Right. Because it just changes your life. Right. For the better when you diversify, you learn. Right. So we have to be intellectually curious, too, mm -hmm. about what's happening. You know, Sharon, I love you because you have that, you know, you, you could be a minister. You know that. You've been told that before. Now, there's a couple of questions I'm going to ask you after reading the book. The mm -hmm. first one is a strong question, but I just need you to answer 
Why should we trust you? You should trust me because I have been doing this for 20 plus years, Mm -hmm. really working hard to impact my community, Mm -hmm. really hard to be making sure that we're making a change and closing those gaps. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, I'm an open book. I'm pretty transparent Mm -hmm. and I get results. Mm -hmm. And and Richard Davis is one of those people that shared that information with you as those other uh, executives in the book that I talked to. Right. So. Mm -hmm. I get results. Mm-hmm. I am proof positive, right. you know, that when you work with me and my team, we're going to help you move the needle forward and it's going to be safe. So you should trust me because I've done the work. Mm-hmm. I've been in the trenches and I have those corporations that are behind me mm-hmm. uh, that say, hey, you know, she and her team are really moving the needle and getting it done. And because my mama said so. You know what she told me? She said, look, little girl, I know you are in a fetal position. Mm-hmm. This was after George Floyd. Right. But you got to get up mm-hmm. because it is a sin not to use your gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is a sin to keep it to yourself. Now, you can be part of the solution or walk around soaking up oxygen. Right, right. Okay. I now, I'm not saying you shouldn't feel what you feel, mm-hmm. but I'm going to need you. To do what it is that you do, your God-given mm-hmm. gifts, and that is make even more change right. mm-hmm. in the community because you have access to people that most people just dream of. Mm-hmm. And you need to use that access mm-hmm. to move things forward and make real change. Now, get on up. <laughs> <laughs> My other question before we close out the interview, what are the real obstacles? We've talked about them for DEI. Yes. What are they? Well, the real obstacles... Um, lie in the inability for those in charge to just decide. Mm-hmm. That's the obstacle. And so because I, I, I said it because I want to go to chapter three. Mm-hmm. The key to attracting qualified professionals of color. Mm-hmm. And this is what you say. Make sure every message you send tells them you want them. That's right. Welcome them and value them as unique individuals. Right. Because how, what message are you sending? You know, when I look at your LinkedIn profile, when I look at your company profile, I don't see anybody that looks like me. Mm-hmm. I don't see you with anybody that looks like me. Mm-hmm. So you have to be intentional. It's almost like that boss of yours who talked about talked to you when you were at IBM. Mm-hmm. Rashawn, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, but you didn't tell him. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got around to it. Right. But you didn't do it right away. Same thing is happening in corporate America. Right. You say you want me. Right. But tell me how much you want me. You right. know, it's like a dating relationship. Right. You mm-hmm. know, why don't I hear anything about it? Why don't you tell me? Right. You know, why don't you show me? Right. And so that is the most important thing to A, just decide and then make it clear. We really do want to increase racial inclusivity at all levels of the organization. And we're willing to do and learn whatever we need to do and learn to make that happen because we know it's good for business. And we know that we lose our competitive edge when we don't do that. Awesome. Uh, she's amazing. She has a book out, Colorful Competitive Strategies to Attract and Retain Top Talent of Color. Sharon Smith Akinsanya, you're wonderful. Minnesota, that's a cold <laughs> state, young lady. Thank you so much. And we're going to just keep it moving. And oh, by the way, the book, you can get the ebook right now on Amazon as well. Okay. So know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring you back, you know, because I was, you know, we closing out the year, but I want to bring you back in like, you know, late first quarter because, um, you know, you know, vaccine vaccine is going to be starting to get distributed. And I want to get your mindset there as well, because what you talk about is uh, 
is it, it, really important from a standpoint. Like I told you, you know, the, from an advertising standpoint, there's a clear understanding that by being diverse in the advertising world, your product can be sold. That's what they're doing. You said that in your book about brand loyalty. It, right. It's been shown that once uh, once African-Americans feel that you care about them, you create brand loyalty. Well, the advertising world is accepted that, you know, they're they rolling in there. And so, but from the corporate standpoint, behind those closed doors, when you walk through those doors, they're still not admitting there's a need for that change. No, they have to just decide. Yes. And those that do and make it happen, like I said, will leave their competition in the dust. Well, you well, you fantastic. I'm, I'm glad. Like, like I said, I have six sisters. I want to bring you on board as my seventh sister. You oh, know, right. Uh, I'm there. I cause accept. Because you, you, you're entertaining. You're, you're, I, I love your style. I love your personality. I, I feel Thank that you. You, you're one of these people I can really, really have a great conversation about life, learn something from because of the fact that you're not a person that I felt was supplied with information that was being forced upon me. And I think that's what we was talking about earlier. When you talk to these white people, and I don't say white people in a negative state, but they are the people in power. And when you're talking to them, it is a standpoint you have to be able to have a conversation with them because what happens is when they throw you a left, you have to have a right, but a soft right. That's right. A counterpunch counter answer because of the fact that they don't see nothing wrong. They see, they feel they're successful. Their stock is high. A classic example is uh, McKinsey, who was formerly the uh, the the uh, Amazon head, Jeff's former wife. She giving that money left and right to HBCUs. Absolutely. He hasn't given that anything. Hey, nothing. One of our good nonprofits here in received a fifteen million dollar gift from her. Yeah, it's just out the blue, changed their entire lives. That's what I'm saying. So that's what I'm saying. How you can tell two people, they're getting their money from the same location, where one person has been exposed. She has opened the book. She has a clear understanding. There is a need over there. Same person over here getting that same money has not been told there is a need for this, has not been told there's a clear understanding that he can make a change and effort to be able to move forward and create and educate African-Americans will make for better employment, better doctors, better teachers, better lawyers, better congressmen, better vice presidents of the United States. That's right. what happens when you participate. That's what happens when you diversify. Sharon, thank you for coming on the show. I got to let you go. I'm going to keep talking to you. And that's not good. That's well, not all right. good. I'm gonna, but thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. And I cannot wait to see you again in the new year. <laughs> you will definitely. And please be safe and tell your daughter, hi, Ray McKenzie Group. That's the name of her company. She was one years old. She named that company after her daughter. 24 years later, she still has the problem. But guess what? We got we got Sharon here. She not, has not left it at all. And her mama's still living because her mama's still passing out that great advice. One thing your mama said that I believe in too. I would tell people, you have 24 hours in a day. Learn to use each hour. And when your mama said that about the 24 hours, I said, I love her mama. <laughs> I love my mama too. <laughs> Thank you. We'll talk soon, okay? Bye-bye. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Thank you.